You are listening to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Gabrielle Van Rey. Today, it's all about kindness. You know, kindness isn't just a seasonal thing, folks. It's not just something you do now and again. It's something you need to be. Being kind really sets apart what kind of human being you are. And kindness can be shown in so many different ways. A simple smile on the street when you're walking past someone, a nice gesture, helping somebody with something. Kindness is so effortless, and yet it is so relevant and prevalent in our daily life. Kindness is something we have to become, not just do. It's not there for recognition. It's a statement of who you are, what your character is, how you contribute to the world. And if everybody stepped into a little more kindness, we would be in a much happier world. There's so much discord and hate and fear and anxiety and post-traumatic stress. That's not just for the soldiers, folks. Everybody seems to be in that zone right now because we've forgotten that core thing called kindness. Where are we without each other? We need each other. Good times, bad times, every time. So why don't we step into that beautiful, wonderful feeling of kindness where doing a gesture and helping someone else is actually giving you the gift because it really does feel good. So Gabriella is the kindness guru, I'm going to call her, because this is her platform. She goes around the world talking about the ball of human kindness. She calls it a campaign to get people moving forward towards kindness in everything that they do. Not just people, governments, everyone. Step up into kindness because without that, we have nothing as a society. We are nothing as a society. Right now, when you look at the animals in the world and the way they treat each other, they're an example to us of how we need to treat each other. Our children are showing us up, folks, the kindness that they show to one another. Why aren't we doing that? So let's let's dive into this beautiful topic of kindness. Now she says, one moment, one person, one kindness is all it takes to help someone from a negative space into a positive space. space. So we are the difference, so be the difference. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Thank you for having me. Kindness. It's such a simple word, yeah. isn't it? It's such a simple act, but why do we have such a hard time embracing it? Because I really believe that, A, we don't know what it really is. I think we haven't defined it yet. And, B, I think because many, many, many people around the world think it's a weakness and not a strength. Mm. And so there lies a big problem in that word because if we perceive something as a weakness in our society, why would we proliferate it around us, right? We think, oh, yeah, yeah, that person is kind, but... And there's always a but behind it. Mm -hmm. And I think that by going around, first of all, I I don't only think, I truly believe it, otherwise I should quit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I truly, truly wholeheartedly believe that without kindness, 
uh, in our society, we have truly dropped the ball. And I kind of like that ball thing because it is an English expression. The English language lends itself so well for the concept of the ball because everyone talks uh, in English-speaking countries about, oh, you dropped the ball on this. And I started listening to that, and I said, let's pick up our values and our standards. And the more I said, let's pick up our values and our standards, the more I was thinking of that ball concept behind that thought. And I thought, what a neat idea to create a visual. And the visual of the ball is actually a person like them. But when you bounce the ball, the ball rebounds, right? Mm -hmm. So it's in the rebound that we need to pick it up. Not at the moment that the ball is already basically on the ground, and then we need to pick it up because it's really down, right? So but, I really explain that the ball of human kindness is one of us. It right. could be you, Sarah. It could be me. There are moments in life we need to be picked up, and there are moments in life we all need help. And that goes for everyone that transcends everything because I feel that kindness um, really speaks to everyone. And it's very, very humbling and uh, very warm to the heart when you see that people actually react when you talk about kindness and when you talk about their daily lives. I always say jokingly, put it on like you do your clothes in the morning. Like, for example, right now, it's 7 a.m. in L.A. Did I get up and say, I'm going to be mean today? No, of yeah. course not. But yeah. I could get up saying, I'm going to purposefully be kind to myself and to others that I come in contact with today. I could say that, but we don't. And I believe the key is because, A, we're all born with innate kindness. And somehow in our busy society of competitiveness, we leave it to the wayside. So when, for example, um, I would almost say five, six, seven. You you come into that elementary phase, right, of, of school, and then your mother and your father say, now do your best, okay? It's, it's, it's important. And then by the time you're nine, we're already talking about um, universities, and if you don't get these good grades, mm. then you're, you're, you're not an outstanding person. And we get that stress from everyone, not just our parents. Right. And so for these children... By the time they are 13, kindness is not on their agenda. Uh, far from it. It's about pushing someone down. It's about being the best, whatever that means to them. And I think that's how we leave kindness on the wayside. Now, what does happen, and I'm very passionate about the distinction of this, is that on the natural level, you know, on a biological level, we do random acts of kindness every single day. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I see children, you know, pick up a bag that has dropped from another student. I see adults, you know, help an elderly over the street. I see someone hold open the door. To me, those are random acts of kindness. They are innate also in us, but I call that more etiquette. What do you think of that? That's that's more like etiquette, right? That and courtesy, we, we have you got courtesy and respect, I think, you know, something that exactly. also goes by the wayside nowadays, right? 
that that goes a little bit by the wayside too, and that's why we're bringing it back. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love that I'm on your show today specifically because I published a blog yesterday between nice and kind, and the reason I did that, it was time for me to do that because my manager, Bobby, she travels with me, right? And she always gets asked, what, are you also in the business of kindness? And then the interlocutor always laughs at her because she says, no, I'm nice, she's kind, and then she points at me. And so we, we you know, the, the people that listen to Bobby always say, okay, keep, keep going, explain, we're, we're intrigued. And we think kind is one step further than courtesy. Kind is when you go out of your way to help others, help yourself, and have an attitude where kindness prevails instead of being nice. Nice is the courtesy part. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the innate part. Whereas kind is, and I think this is really, really important, you have to see it. For example, if I'm in a busy restaurant and I would like to be kind to someone, then I have to, first of all, see that there is someone taking a group picture and they're having difficulty, right? I cannot be with my nose in my mobile. Exactly. Because then I won't mm-hmm. see it, right? So I have to be aware of my surroundings. If I'm aware of my surroundings, then you can be kind. Then you can be helpful to someone. Because in that case, it's not random anymore. It's purposeful because you think about it. Yeah, I'm going to actually go right back to your beginning of the ball analogy because when you look at uh, basketball or soccer or anything that has a ball in the game, you know, um, it's about teamwork. It's about everybody passing the ball to make a score, you know, and it's not about the one person doing it all. It's about everyone else. And it's like, you know, that act of kindness is like passing the ball, isn't it? You know, uh, on to someone else. And when when you've... uh, done an act of kindness you know I've just moved to Toronto from BC I'm used to driving in BC here I'm in transit it's a big city it's so easy to get lost and I you know gone up to people and say I'm lost I'm needing to get here I'm needing to get there and people have gone out of their way to be kindness so I'm going that way come with me and I'll show you which one to take and I said to someone last night you know talking about doing this show today about an act of kindness and I said and you've just done an act of kindness she said what do you mean I said you showed me where to go you know where to get off and everything else that's very kind of you and she said but I don't even see it as that and I said see it as that acknowledge that and embrace that because we receive when we give kindness don't we and half the time I don't think people realize that these kindness is an action and a simple yeah. action of pointing someone in the right direction or helping somebody out is an act of kindness. And if we all just did little acts of kindness through the day, what a difference we can make in people's lives. I always say kindness only grows more kindness. So yeah. I, I'm totally with you on that because any act, random, <clears throat> sorry about that, okay. random or purposefully, it's early in the morning, <clears throat> take a zip of coffee. Random or purposely, it is, it is so important. And what I believe, too, Sarah, is that when that person helps you on the, on the transit, your step 
was actually, um, I bet you, full of energy afterwards. You yes. you stepped, you know, because having received it, but the person that gave it to you stepped away also thinking, hmm, I did that. And and, mm-hmm. and it is like It's that. a domino effect, just, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. That rippling on um, gratitude. Really a- you step into gratitude. You know, from kindness, you go into gratitude. And gratitude oh, is a wonderful place to be as well. And I think it's from all the small acts to anything. Like like you said, a smile. I see people, you know, there where you get your coffee in the morning. I see people just, you know, they're grumpy because they, they have to start a day or you don't know their lives. And if you just acknowledge them. Maybe that's the word I was looking for. Acknowledge. If you acknowledge the human being across from you, there is magic happening. Yeah. Like I always try my best to read the name tags. Now that's not always easy. Right. <laughs> Depending on your site. Uh, but it is so much fun when you do that, whether it's a waiter, whether it's a waitress, whether it's someone at the coffee, whether it's even that person that you take the ticket in the parking lot. You know, every single day you go into the same parking lot. People have routines. And I always say, do you actually know the names of the people in the two-kilometer or two-mile radius around you? Think of that for mm-hmm. a second. Think of how many people there are in our environment that we deal with every day that we don't really ignore, but we leave them to the wayside. We don't acknowledge them. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 And we all want to be seen, right? Exactly. But I think it's because we believe that if we stop, that, that few seconds, that minute affects our lives somehow. But it does affect our lives. But it doesn't affect our lives in negative. It no. affects our lives in positive. That minute doesn't lose out on the pile of work I have waiting for me because it's still there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, but uh, it does affect. Yeah, it affects. I think it has a, you know, again another ripple effect. You know, because um, you know, a, there's a, there's a particular show I re post all the time, and it's it's always about the lonely. And especially at this time of year, you know, um, how many people live on their own? You know, who are they going to be with for Christmas? Maybe their family is far away. Maybe that they are literally alone in the world or they can't afford Christmas. Um, Acts of kindness of even leaving a little something at their door. You know, I see you. I hear you, or inviting them over for a cup of tea, or even, you know, God forbid, invite them over for Christmas, you know. One of the best Christmases we had is um, where we had a Jehovah Witness, um, a a Pakistani, and, um, um, gosh, what was the other gentleman? Another um, totally different religion all at the Christmas table. And they said, oh, we've never experienced Christmas before. We thought it was so ultra-religious. And I said, no, our religion in this home is about laughter, love and kindness and about sharing. And I think this is something else that we forget about the word sharing. And kindness is actually sharing something of yourself, isn't it? Absolutely. It is totally about sharing. I think, though, that fear holds us... um, um, almost paralyzed mm-hmm. to not share the fear of the other person and whether that is from another culture or another religion. And I also believe, I have a friend and he's a perfect example. He's afraid to share anything because 
he's afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so he won't come out of his shell until you do. So when you come out of your shell and you say, hey, come on, buddy, we're going to the movies today, then he will come. And he might say no because he dares to say no. And I have no problem with the rejection. Mm-hmm. So uh, I say, okay, if you don't want to come today. But at least I coax him out. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely, but yeah. There are many, many, many lonely people that don't dare to pick up the phone and say, hey, Gabriela, I would love to go and see this movie with you because they're afraid that I'm going to say no. Now, in this case of this friend who I already know is scared of rejection, I never say the word no. I, I uh-huh. actually really generally don't say the word no. I say, let's have a look at the calendar and see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel when a person reaches out to you, that you was a big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because that's the moments of life, right? Because otherwise, it's a missed opportunity for yourself too. And I just wanted to add something about those people that are in our radius. You know what is very, very intriguing is people tell me you're right because when those people are gone, we have noticed them. Because then you say, you know, if you stand in a Starbucks, for example, where's that girl that always served me my coffee, right? People do that. And then people say, well, she moved on. She got married or mm. whatever. And then you think by yourself, gosh, I never even knew that. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, it's so also think- the, the way we can make someone's day. You know, if, you're, if somebody who's serving you, they could be having a bad day. They could have one of those days where everything's going wrong or they didn't get enough sleep or they had an argument with their boyfriend and they're feeling miserable and angst. And if, you know, just, you know, um, a smile to them, you know, um, having a bad day, love, don't worry, this is going to pass. Here's a smile. Here's a, you know, giving you a virtual hug here. May your day be better. And that can be yeah. such a massive shift for them, where suddenly they snap out of the feeling miserable for themselves. And like somebody's just cared enough, cared enough to give them some positive vibration. And it can literally change their day around completely. I, I believe that totally. That's always what I say with the ball, you know. Mm-hmm, we, all, mm-hmm. we all know, we've all been the recipient of someone giving us that encouraging word, a teacher, a parent, a stranger. And so take that thought and bring that back because it's a feeling, right? We remember that person. We remember that person that encouraged us or that was kind to us. Everyone does. So when we bring that back, that's kind of what I mean with helping someone go from a negative space to a positive place. It really, really, really works. Yes. With everything you just mentioned, it is so easy, but we don't do it. So you know, that's what we need to bring back. We need to give people ideas how to bring it back because the feeling that we remember is magic. Absolute magic. Totally magic. Absolute magic. And, you know, the thing is, I'm always talking about that we need to get back to the village. And everybody in the village has their own expertise their you know their own contribution to the village and when that somebody in the village falls everybody's there to help them pick up when they have a celebration everybody's there yep. to celebrate with them but they're only as strong as they are as a community and i think we have forgotten we get you know go into our closed doors um i was i'm a new to a city i have met more people on transit and had more wonderful conversations on the bus 
or on the train than I have in coffee bars where normally it used to be I could meet people. But they're all on their computers or on their phones and nobody's interacting. <laughs> and as folks, why are you here? You could have coffee at home. If you don't want to talk yeah. to anyone, stay at home. You know, when you're out in public, make eye contact, make a comment, start an interaction. But it's very hard when their eyes are just down and focused, you know, on, on yeah, the always, apparatus. I always, say, I always say jokingly to them, Sarah, what is so interesting on that little phone? What? Mm-hmm. And then they look up. I mean, they actually look up. And I said, look, there's a whole world passing you by here that is so intriguing to watch. And yep. then they usually actually really look. Right. And they smile. Yes. Because they know you're right. Yeah. They know it. Yeah. And it's I, a very bad habit I, people have got into. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad habit and it's really terrible for your neck to look down I all know, the time. I, I always know. I mean, you know, know chiropractors are loving it. <laughs> <laughs> There's always an industry that, is, that you know gains out of somebody else what they do, right? Yeah. So, it, but but I'm not. I, I personally am not knocking uh, technology, of course. No, because we're doing this through technology, the, exactly. Yeah. time and place, the right? Good part. Yeah, and the good part is you can now have a conversation with someone in Nepal or Pakistan or yes. Turkey. Through Facebook and through these social medias, which is fantastic, of course, and you can see a video of them or FaceTime or whatever the the method is that you use or Skype. So those are beautiful. I mean, I I, I totally agree, but it's the human interaction that's really missing. And the children, and I think this is an important point, they take example after us. Yep. So when I go yep. to schools and I speak to children. I need to really tell all your listeners, please, if your nose is in the phone, they do it too. Yeah. I consciously put my phone away when I'm in a restaurant. But if I have an important thing, like like someone has to get back to me, before we start with my friends, you know, at dinner, I will say there's only one phone call I have to take. Be communicative about it. Exactly. Right? Let, let people know that you have one phone call that you need to take and that for the rest you don't look at it. Right. Because it's, it's just silly, right? I, I have daughters that tell me that they text their mom from upstairs when dinner is ready. <laughs> I mean, that's ludicrous. Yes, it is. It's and also, you know, handing babies, answer. you know, iPhones. Um, you know, and, and now they think that this is the interaction, that this is, you know, the way you communicate with people. Um, and it's we are losing the art of conversation. Um, I did a show last week on on um, the art of writing, writing to one another, letters, you know, putting words down, feelings down, and we've lost. We're losing that art of being able to write and interact with one another through words. Now we're losing this interaction of being able to actually speak with each other. How can you commit an act of kindness if you're not interacting with anyone? Yeah, I, I. I wholeheartedly agree. You have to live right now in the moment in your environment. Otherwise, you cannot be kind. Mm-hmm. Be, be present but, and, uh, and be participant. <laughs> we, we also lose the human touch, you know. Oh, I yeah. feel a little bit that, you know, when someone puts a hand on your shoulder, I mean, that happens less and less and yeah. less in this society. Yeah. 
And you know what? That actually feels nice. It I feels wonderful. And, and it feels actually nice when someone goes, hey, are you okay? It, and, and with the touch, the physical touch. Yeah. I'm not saying that they have to be all over you and no you groping yes we're not talking about that that's a different show <laughs> <laughs> the touch the words like mm-hmm. you say the touch the writing the words the interaction is incredibly important but i really believe that if we continue because the world is ready right sarah more and more people like yourself put it on their radio shows put it in the yep. news more and more people, we, um, there is a fantastic organization in America called Random Acts of Kindness. They've been there forever, and they do so much good. Um, there are, oh my God, there, there are too many to name. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think that we forget that they are there. They are doing really good in their, in their countries, and they want a kinder world now. Not just for the new generation coming up, but also to see this happening in our time. And that kind of gives me the segue to the World Kindness Movement. Because it's there, but people don't know it. People don't know that there is a World Kindness Movement that's been out there for 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's a long time. Yes. Right? And it was, it's Japan who started it, and then Australia... Uh, America with Random Acts of Kindness, uh, Singapore, they all got together, they created the name, and they put World Kindness uh, on their calendar, and they just started, like, with small acts around them, and it grew. And out of that, we now have 26 nations. And I would like to tell your listeners that the new IC was just chosen the uh, internal uh, committee, the international committee. And our president is uh, from Switzerland, Christina. And then we have the vice president is from, I'm hesitating suddenly with Kenya, but he's not from Kenya. He's from Africa. It's too early in the morning. (laughs) That's okay. People can go look it up and uh, see for themselves. Yeah, yeah, the third one is Kayleen. And Kayleen is the treasurer, and she's from Australia. And then I'm from Holland, and I got chosen, uh, elected as the secretary general. And then we have executive members in the IC. We have India, we have China, we have Malaysia, we have Mexico, we have Korea. Yeah, there are a lot of us. And so together we form uh, 10, 10 people, and we have 26 nations, and under the nations are many other foundations that are doing good, NGOs and foundations, and it's amazing. And the first world kindness city is in Australia on the Gold Coast. So we're growing. We're there. Now, is that worldkindness.org or? That is worldkindnessmovement.org, movement, the world kindnessmovement.org. Excellent. And, you know, 
I mean, people could certainly go to it and get, and get an incentive as to what you can do in your own community, right? And, and join it because, Absolutely. you know, I think this is the one thing that people are forgetting. We're in this together. You know, if we let things like courtesy and respect and gratitude and kindness and love go by the wayside, what are we? We're barbarians. And I think we've evolved beyond that. We're in a totally different dimension dimension right now, vibrationally. Our consciousness is waking up. We know the difference between right and wrong. We know that kindness and love and caring and consideration and respect works. It makes us a better nation. It makes us better people. It will make a better world. We know this. So there is the difference between knowing it because it's in your face, it's very obvious, it's extremely logical, and then stepping into it, into action. And I think what we're looking at at the present moment is a call to action. I say the universe is shaking us up right now to wake us up, for us to step it up, to change it up. And that change starts with us, within us, and in the action that we take and our contribution to this world. And there is nobody that's abstained from that. If you are a resident of this earth, you need to step up and be a participant as well. Because if you're not doing anything, you're part of the problem. When you start doing something, you become part of the solution. Absolutely. Take action. And and we're there. I mean, look around you. How many people are stepping it up mm-hmm. from from one end of the globe to the other. There are just organizations. And like you said, we want to collaborate with everyone. We are totally open to collaboration because without collaboration, we're nothing, just like you said. It's really the key foundation to the World Kindness Movement is the word collaboration. There are so many projects going on. Can you imagine when we, instead of, having to reinvent a wheel when we can collaborate with someone in Malaysia or someone in France who is doing good and then taking that program and just duplicating it with, with of course, uh, adaptations, but duplicating it in Nepal and Pakistan and Africa and South Africa. It it would be awesome. And so we look for that. We, We welcome anyone. I don't think the World Kindness Movement has ever push someone away yeah, that wants we're, to, yeah. we're there to 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 really embrace you and your ideas and the collaboration that comes from it i watched a documentary last night called the human flow and it's about the refugees um, from libya okay. from syria and everything it's it's a, a gut-wrenching documentary um, and, and it really does show the plight and i've interviewed a, a number of migrants um most of them actually that have migrated um, and they're living in London now. And um, and it's, you know, people have got this CNN story that, you know, they're all just terrorists and they're coming here to ruin your lives and take your jobs and everything else. And we forget about the humanity and we forget about these people would far rather go home. Um, they had lives, they had homes, they had jobs, they, they had a life they loved. They're running from terror. And our act of kindness in making the transition into a new world is really, really important because they feel so utterly displaced. 
Um, they say that uh, most refugees are, are gone from their country for at least 25 years. That is an awful long time. And they want to feel that they're contributing to their new country, that they have a home, that they have a place, and we can make them feel welcome. We can um, integrate them into our society by embracing some of their society. And we've got to get over this fact of me, mine, and you know, and um, and I, and start looking at, at us as a human race, an us, a we, a together. And the world has got a great deal smaller, and it's become so integrated, and that diversity is so beautiful. And it's, you know, we when we look at all these beautiful flavors coming to the table, it creates a wonderful feast. So I think one of the things we need to, in, in that act of kindness, is understand Yes, they may speak a different language. They may come from a different belief or different religion. But fundamentally, everybody's looking for the same thing in life. And we can help each other find it. Absolutely. I think diversity actually enriches our lives. Oh, yeah. And so, but again, we need to to drop the fear. And I also have a theory about why we have moments in 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 life that we won't accept the immigrants. And I think it's when a country is doing well economically, nobody seems to be bothered by the immigrants. Mm-hmm. But the moment we are in an economic downfall, then we point the finger. And I think it's because, and I'm going to say this really simple, I think it's because we are then afraid to share the pie, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And... I, I see that over and over again. Uh, I've seen it in Europe, in many countries. And I think that we need to kind of uh, drop this attitude that there's not enough for all of us. Mm-hmm. There is, we, we are, have such abundance. There is enough for everyone. There really is. One of the biggest problems, because um, I do a lot of ecology shows too, is our wastefulness. Um, you know, in North America, particularly, we've become such a consumerism society, um, and consumerism has replaced the um, emptiness. You know, I'm feeling empty, I'm feeling lost, I'm feeling lonely, I'm going yep. to go shopping. And uh, we know that that's just a temporary fix, maybe of a minute. Um, and that, you know, that love and, and that purpose and that uh, um, that inner worth that you want is an inside job. And it it's very often comes from being purposeful and and being participant and helping other human beings. That's how you help yourself. But we also such a wasteful society. And in this day and age, for people still to be going hungry is an absolute sin. And so, you know, in various parts of Europe, they've passed a law where you cannot waste food. It has to be gathered and given to those in need. And I think we've become, as you said, so paranoid about somebody coming to take things away from us that we forget that if we give willingly and share, there is so much abundance and enrichment that comes back to you. Absolutely. But I, I'll give you an example about that food, though, in America. There was, um, I, I don't remember in which city anymore because I travel too much, but there was a city I was in there, and I was in a restaurant, and I said, what do you guys do with food at the end of the day? And they said, interesting that you asked, because we tried to give it to a homeless center. And the problem is we're not allowed to. No, it's the lawyers that have got into the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
everything, all these rules and regulations get into the way of what you called earlier the village, right? Yes, yes. And, so, and, and then I said, but, but can you put it in a location where they find it, where, where, is, you know, where there are no rules? You know, like next to the uh, the garbage bag uh, can, or you know, a little bit closer to the homeless center. And they said maybe we can do that, but they, there are these rules that don't allow them to actually give the food away. Because what if there's poisoning or yes. what? And 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 then you know everyone sues everyone. Right, and that's the and, problem, and I think right? An important point. Yes, yeah. the lawyers have got in the way of humanity. You know, all these uptight little people creating all these ridiculous laws that you know you're you're killing people for starvation through this law. It kind of reminds me of the movie Brazil. You know, need a requisition yeah. for a requisition for a requisition. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, isn't it, friend? That now all, all the food in supermarkets yes. in France that are expired now go to the people in need because you and I know that if it says the 16th of December, it's not expired. Right? It's got you another three or four days it. at least, yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah. it is France so that's passed a law. No food is allowed to be wasted or thrown away. And I think hell of yeah. a lot more countries need to, to jump in on that most certainly, and especially here in North America. Um, and another show and another documentary is uh, Normal is Over. And it's, it's an environmental one of really what is the problem with our environment. It's not so much the fossil fuels, although, yes, they're a big problem, but it's, um, it's our consumerism. And uh, we're yeah. encouraged to buy, 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 more is better. And that's what's making people more and more empty because they're not going in, they're buying out. But also what we're doing is we're raping and pillaging our earth resources. And as they say, they've put... Um, They've put our resources, Earth's resources, on a credit card that is now due and they can't pay back. And Earth cannot sustain us at this growth, um, at this level. And people need to really stop and look at, do I need this much? And, you know, and how much can I share what I have? And uh, I think sharing is a huge act of kindness, isn't it? I, I really do. But, you, you know, I thought of something when you said earlier that you can invite someone for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. or Christmas or any time, really. Yes. I remember doing that once in a snowstorm in Washington, D.C. And for some reason, my father, who was at that time in Japan, called me. And I said, um, you know, Merry Christmas, but I really can't talk. I have two homeless uh, in my home and I need to, you know, I, 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 I need to be a good host. And he was so upset with me. Right. And so that's kind of odd because at the one hand, your parents teach you yes. to be so gracious and generous. I mean, my parents taught me that, to be gracious and generous and to give. And then when you give, yes, they don't always agree because, again, their fear stands yeah. in the way. Yeah. My mother, who, who was a very good Dutch proper woman... Um, she, she taught me the gift of volunteering at a very, very early age. From the age of nine, she taught me that. And it stuck by me the rest of my life. And I, I think that that is also a part of kindness. Go out of your way and just go to a homeless shelter. Pick something that you like, whether it's a children's center or senior center. There's so much around you where you can spend an hour a week giving something. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm not talking material. I'm no, talking about time. giving your time. Isn't that your the greatest time. gift you can give is your time? Yes. Nothing else. I always mm -hmm. say, don't, don't bring money into it. Just go because the smiles on everyone's faces when you walk in is just priceless. But it's an attitude shift. Yes. And so I think for this month of December, it's great to open the dialogue, to keep talking about it and to say, Start the shift today because it's the month of giving, but continue it in the new year and make it a definite habit. Go somewhere once a week and help. And you don't need to splatter that all over Facebook. Just go do it. Right, exactly. Go do it and see how it enriches your life because it, it's going to make you go inward, just like you said earlier, because it's going to bring back. I brought a friend that was this kind of, gruffy man to a senior center who said I don't do this <laughs> what do I what, 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 no I don't do this I, I, I dislike old people <sighs> and he came out a changed person Yeah, you, you should have seen it Sarah he smiled for days Yeah, and I asked I him see. why do you keep smiling he said I keep thinking about what they said to me And all he did, there were a whole bunch of British and American and Canadian uh, seniors between the ages of 75 and 85. And he taught them French because all of them grew up learning French at school. Yes. And they've forgotten. And they wanted to bring that back. That was one of their wishes. And he happened to be French speaking. So I pushed him. And he said the things they taught me and I said ha ha his he finally got it yeah so because the gift is given to you I, I don't feel you know when, when you volunteer like that it's it's not I mean I feel you get more back than you actually that's get. the real reward um, isn't it yeah. the real reward it, is it, is knowing that you have made someone's day that you've made a difference in someone's life it is so warming to your heart and you know and it gets into your yeah. bloodstream and then there's a wonderful glow going about you and you feel really yeah. really good and you want to do more yeah. of it because it becomes your drug of choice and I'm very happy for you to be addicted to that kind of choice yeah. <laughs> definitely but it's, it's it's just mind-boggling when you see people actually volunteer and then you see their own shift um, did you know that in British Columbia, I think that that's a really good point to make. Maybe we should create that all around the world. Uh, high school students have to do community service for so many hours, otherwise they don't graduate. Yes, well, all three of my children had to do that, which I think is an excellent okay. thing to do. Yes. Um, yes. And my daughter did too, because we lived in Vancouver. So again, I saw the the enormous, enormous, um, uh, outcome of what it did to my daughter and I think it should be done everywhere well you know the thing is, is our children are going to go for a selfish stage that's just part of their self-discovery my kids are yeah. actually, it's, it's my one daughter's birthday today 29 and then I have a 33 and a 35 year old and, and my, my daughter who's 29 went back to school at 27 uh, to become a social worker and she'll become a social activist you know on the changes that are needed because that's who she is and she's passionate and I said you know which area do you want to work in she said I want to work with seniors they're wonderful they're awesome and they and they're forgotten 
and I want to work with them. My son's just opened up his own Cafe Deli, and it's all about feeding the community, using local source and and supporting one another. And then once he really gets going, all of that food at the end of the day will go to the people he knows that needs it. And, you know, my other daughter is this butterfly that just leaves smiles wherever she goes. And it's, you know, as a mother, you know, extremely pleasing, but it's also... Um, that instilled that I did in not so much the community service, but just being nice to people. I had an open door policy. A kid was in trouble, they came to stay with us. Or I was the person they could come and speak to. There are so many little things that we can do that you're planting seeds in your children as a consciousness that they as adults will choose their own path of giving, their own path of sharing. But the more they do it as children, um, they will find their path in which they want to do it in, but you will see them do it because that consciousness has been instilled in them right when they were young. But don't you feel that today's age group that you just mentioned, between, let's say, 25 and 35, they want it. They're yes. seeking it. Yes. I, I see that in my own child. They're, every person in that age group is seeking it. They're, yeah. they're doing social work. They're doing um, marvelous things. Documentaries. So I, I mean, so many, so many yeah. of the millennials are doing conscious documentaries to bring awareness. I interviewed a ten-year-old who wrote a book, three hundred sixty-five days of of um, um, gratitude with a positive attitude, and she's gone yeah. a- around the world now with that. You know, the simplicity of gratitude. You know, that they're in that consciousness, which is beautiful. You know, and we need to shed yeah. more light on that. I, I agree totally. <laughs> I think that it is awesome. I have never, I do not have anything bad to say about millennials because you hear that often in the workplace, yeah. right? And you go, I, I hear, yeah, the millennials are giving us a hard time, but I find them very hard workers and very conscious of society and making it a better world. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I saw. We can um, learn a lot from that. Oh gosh, can we? Can we? I mean, you know, um, yes. I, I'm 63, so I'm one of the youngest of the baby boomers because you kind of came in that last stretch okay. there. And when you look at the 70s, it was such an opulent time where everybody was just, you know, it was very much I call the raping and the pillaging time, you know, just money, 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 power, power, power. The 80s and 90s were kind of still in that. And then people were realizing they were becoming slaves to their home, to their cars, to this image. And they were having to work longer hours to sustain it. And their marriages were breaking down and their kids were brats. Because what kids really want is family time, not mum and dad coming in so late just to maintain a house where they're alone all the time. And we're seeing a shift change now. We're realizing, people are realizing the riches do not lie in the bricks and waters. The bricks and waters are in the heart and the soul and the core of a family. And that's really where the real home is. Yeah. Foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree totally. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> After this conversation, I want to meet you face to face. Come to Toronto. I'll be coming down to LA at some point um, when I need to thaw okay. out. <laughs> it's pity but we did not meet I, in Vancouver. That's where I'm from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I lived there 10 years. 
So uh, 37 and a half years, and I've just packed everything up, put everything in storage, and come to Toronto to further the mission of the radio station and its philanthropy side, philanthropic side. So um, we're never too old. That's another point, isn't it? We're never too old to follow our heart's desire to make something happen you know, to share, to expand. When you find something that's so meaningful for you, do not put age or economics or health as a barrier. Just do whatever you can do and you will find everything else will be provided for you to do it. I agree with you and I would like to add something to it is when you do something that you love, it is not work and your health becomes actually better. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's a... a lot of health issues today are coming from despondency, from from a feeling yeah. of disconnect, from a feeling of fear and anxiety. And, you know, I call a lot of that the CNN effect because, you know, one moment after the next, we're just watching misery on TV um, or anywhere you go. And the, then the disconnect from one another when we're not talking. And the other thing is we're not celebrating each other. And this is one of our platforms here on Self-Discovery Radio is I'm celebrating the ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And anybody who considers themselves ordinary, I'm just one person. What can I do? Just step into your light. Step into your love and your kindness and you will start doing. And now you've become this beautiful, extraordinary person that's shining light on other people. And this is as simple as it is, isn't it? It's no big complex thing. It's simple, folks. It's really simple. And once you start, it's so contagious that you can't stop. Exactly. Because, as I say, it's the drug of choice. And I'm very happy for people to be addicted to kindness. (laughs) (laughs) I do, too. (laughs) I like that. Um, I, I'm going to have to make uh, yeah. a poster to that one. I've got one here on the, on our posting here, and I just you know call it the one drop of kindness is all it takes to water love, and you know it's again it's we are but a grain of sand, but what would be the beach without all those grains? And you know we have to look at that. Is that stop looking at yourself in this big wide world and I don't count, and step up to being accountable. And then you'll start having that wonderful ripple effect on everything else around you. Misery begets misery, but joy begets joy. Which side of the fence do you want to be on? Yeah, absolutely. I want to be on the side of the fence of kindness and humanity. Yes. It is very, very enriching. All the rest, like you said, the consumer part. It, it doesn't do anything for anyone. Yes, we need a roof over our heads, but we don't need four cars in front of a door. Right. Exactly. Nobody does. No. And, uh, you know, shopping and buying something is not going to fulfill you. Yes, it's nice to go shopping and treat yourself to something, but not as a fulfillment of who you are. That comes again from the inside. There is no downloadable app. There is no cosmic Amazon that's going to deliver it for you. It requires you participating in your own life and taking that journey of self-discovery. And very often people discover themselves when they give of themselves. They see themselves through others. And if you're wanting to know what you're, you know, what you're accountable for or who you are or what you can do in life, start being kind to others and you'll see how it will reflect back on you. And what, what I'd also like to add to that is 
honestly, our society needs to have a new definition of success. Yes. Because success has nothing to do with what's in my bank account. Success Thank you. has to do with our actions. And I say that everywhere I go. It's 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 yeah. one of my closing lines. It's it's really important. We really need to rework that word. Well, abundance because and enrichment is in your contribution to life. It's in the enrichment yeah. of your soul and your heart and your meaningful purpose and your spirit. That's where the true abundance lies. And when you are giving of yourself and sharing of yourself, you know, that's the nectar. That's the true gold of life. And you become the gold nugget. Um, you don't need to hoard it. You become it. And, you know, that's the thing about it, isn't it? We have to, as you say, I'm not a dollar sign. I'm not my bank account. My bank account is empty, but I'm incredibly rich because I am enriched by the people I connect with and that love and that kindness and that commitment to life. That's really where the true beauty lies. And we've got to stop seeing the negative in each other and start looking at the beauty in each other and bring it out. Yeah, absolutely. I I think for me personally, that's, literally how I live my life mm-hmm. and I think for the World Kindness Movement it is definitely their mission to redefine and rehelp others to collaborate for the purpose of a kinder world. Yes. And that collaboration is essential. It's the village. It's yep. uh, you know, if somebody falls, help them back on their feet. You know, they may not do the same for you, but they'll pay it forward for someone else. And you know that that beautiful energy and that 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 fluidity of air and water is running forward. It doesn't run backwards. It keeps going forward. And 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 just so you know, if we don't do that, then we are all all of us in this Western society are one page check away from being homeless yes we really are i've been there all of us (laughs) yeah but but we are because of 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 the prices that are just going up and up and up i always say that if we don't give to that person in need we could be that person in need i mean it is really easy to be that person in need one 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 um one loss of a job and, and our entire house of cards come down. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've interviewed and a few people who um, work with the homeless. And, you know, one of them just started by buying signs from them. Saying, I'm not going to just give you money. I'm going to buy your sign. And, you know, like giving them a substantial amount of their sign, like it's a transaction. And he was doing this for over 20 years. Since then, there's been a documentary and an art gallery, and it's gone on to really mean something. And another guy used to walk by them every day and then one day just stopped to ask, can I get you a cup of coffee? And now he's written books about them, their stories. Every day he blogs what's going on in their lives. And, you know, these are not bums, lazy people. These are people that... Uh, sometimes have mental issues, sometimes the soldiers that come back have been thrown to the wayside, and sometimes just people that their community uh, is the street people. That is their village. And we oh. have, we've got to be more understanding and take this word judgment out of our vocabulary. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's so easy to be one of them. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not even a, draw, a, a lucky draw or not. It's yeah. 
it takes hard work to maintain that roof above your head. And we all know, especially in America, what it would mean if any member of the family got sick. Yeah. I mean, just take that into account and you could be homeless here because the bills would pile up like crazy. Exactly. I mean... How many people do I know in North America that don't have insurance? Not Canada, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's still some people in Canada. You know, I mean, we we are obviously in a much better situation here in Canada, but there's still obviously some issues here and a lot that needs to be done. And, you know, one of the things I think we have to stop doing is giving the power to our politicians – and to our corporations, and we need to take that power back. My song of 2017 was Rise Up by Andrea Day. And I say it's not rising up with the pitchforks, it's rising up arm in arm and standing up tall against the wrongs that the politicians and our corporations are doing and saying no more. Um, There's far too many ivory tower people. They're up in the ivory tower and they're just totally and utterly disconnected to the price that everybody's paid for them to be there. And what they're unaware of is their foundation is crumbling and their tower is going to come down. And that's only going to, um, we need it to come down. They need to kind of get a bit grounded. But we need to come together as a community. And if we don't like what the politicians are doing, we need to stand up as a as a human race and say, no, we're not going to tolerate this. We're holding you accountable for that decision and we're not accepting it. You can't bitch and moan about it. You've got to step up and do something about it. But I think for a lot of people, stepping it up is quite scary. Yes. And so for your listeners out there, your one voice is so mighty, so powerful. Yes. Do it. Yes. Just do it. In any Jump which way. And- Right. Yeah. And again, it's not the pitchforks. It's not the mudslinging. It's 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 simply even finding a a community online, maybe through Facebook, maybe through other blogs, you know, community that, you you know, sees things differently and you can join them. You can become part of that collective voice. You can sign things. You can start talking to other people about changing their attitudes, looking at things in a different perspective. It's just like we know that. The world has gone to hell in a handbasket at the present moment because of bad choices. But we also have the invitation to make better choices to change it around. The power lies within us, and we're very powerful when we decide to take action. Oh, incredible things happen when we take action. Uh-huh. Yep. Look yep, at, you know, that's what we need you know, the world kindness movements, you know, started off with, you know, one country, one person's idea, somebody else thinking it's a good idea. And there's that beautiful ripple effect, right? And yeah. so never, ever think, well, I'm only one person. I can't do something. Start talking. You'll invite other people. As I say, these shows are about inspiration for invitation. When you're inspired, you're invited to step up and become a part Open of the Open the dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. Put those phones down, talk to people around you, give somebody a hug that needs one, right? And don't forget to smile. Carol King's song, you've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show all the love in your heart, right? And it's amazing what a smile can beget, right? A smile is amazing. I get get often smiles from people. (laughs) Yes. And doesn't it make you day? Doesn't it make you feel good? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it really, really does. Yes, I it mean, really does. It's not the the tangibles that keep my attention. It's the intangibles. Yes, 
Yes. And you know, I'm I'm it I'm really, an, really I'm a uh, doggy lover and my my animals passed over and that's kind of what allowed me the freedom to come up here and just explore this new arena. Um but I'm fortunately in an area with a lot of dogs and then when I'm out there I have to stop people and say I need to pet your dog. I need my doggy fix because there's something about <laughs> animals. You know that animals are just pure love. They they don't know yeah. this hate. They don't know this other agenda. It is about the more love I give, happier the human is, the happier I am, the more love I give. So why can't we do that with ourselves as human beings? Because I think it's very hard to do that with ourselves because we see all the flaws. But I always say, leave the flaws alone. Yes. You're still perfect. Ah, the we perfection's in the imperfection. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why why do we have to be perfect? I I'm perfectly happy being flawed. Absolutely. I you know, I love being imperfect because then I can live up to that. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> idea of perfect is like that would not be it, you know. And what is perfection? I think perfection is in people stepping up. That's perfect. The action is perfect. But we don't For have me, to be perfection perfect. Perfection is is trying. Yes. Just keep trying. Yes. What doesn't work is not a failure. Just keep trying. Yeah. And just get up, rebound, just like the ball, and just give it a shot again. You never know what happens. No. Basketball players do not score straight away, and they do not get to the top league, you know, the first time round. Everything in life is something that we yeah. need to learn. My analogy is always about the orchestra. You know, we each come to the orchestra with our instrument, skilled enough to join the orchestra to create a symphony that will resonate in harmony around the world. We've just got to look, what is our instrument? And when we step into that instrument, be willing to perfect it. Now, it doesn't mean being perfect. It just means the best um, instrument that you can be. And that will be perfect enough. Yeah. And I think the tool that most of us use um, to to do good causes in the world is often when our pain becomes our greatest strength, which in turn makes you your cause's best ally. Yes. If you can do that, because every single human being has experienced pain, if you can switch that around and turn that into positiveness for others, then I think you've got a home run. Yes, you know, and an awful lot of people today are suffering from that anxiety and that depression. And I'm one of those people that I would say used to suffer from it a lot. And I don't so much now because I need to be in purpose. I need to be doing something that helps humanity. That's what drives me. And when I'm not, I feel unpurposeful and I feel a waste of space. And that throws me into a depression. Mm. So sometimes we have to look at our depression as like what's creating it. And, you know, that yeah. creation could be is that we're not participating in something that we love. That's something that means something to us. So we maybe have to just take that self-discovery and discover what means uh, to us. And maybe go and volunteer here, there and everywhere until you find that connection where you go, this is where I want to be. This is where my stand is. This is how I want to participate. But you've got to be willing to explore what that is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, in in today's world, too, we didn't talk about that at all. But with the consumer part, we also have the part that people numb themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call 
and numb themselves with drugs and alcohol and and things just in the hopes that they feel better and because or don't feel they at don't all. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want to. Yeah, exactly, actually. And when you numb yourself, it's actually much more difficult to come back. So, again, just understand that there's always someone worse off than you are. Yeah. And when you understand that and you go out of your comfort zone and go and get it and help, your whole life will change. Yes, I, I can vouch for that. You know, I've I've been the rock bottom. I've lived out of my car. Um, I was given the gift of a few diseases. And it was just a question of, um, okay, this is what you've labeled me with. This is my life's challenge. But I've still got to be out there doing something meaningful and purposeful. And the more I do that, the less that challenge of my health worries me. Because that yeah. liberation of love, of commitment, of sharing, of doing becomes your fuel. It becomes your life source. And when you step into that, um, you will find you will physically, emotionally um, feel better in every way. Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> because we are quite like-minded, <laughs> so it's it's awesome. Um, there is, yeah, I I will continue just spreading the word of kindness and how easy it is to start with a smile. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, we're looking for sunshine on a cloudy day. Let that be your smile. You know, and oh, I love that. <laughs> So, now you've written a few books um, with All My Might and I Can Find My Might and uh, Watch Your Delivery. Will you tell people a little bit about the books and where people can get them and also where they can find you, your site and and what's coming up for you? Okay, so my site is Gabriella.global and the reason I did that is because nobody can pronounce my last name and nobody can write it. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> it makes life a lot easier for yes. everyone. Uh, my first book is a memoir of my life with all my might because I'm one of the first cross-cultural adoptions from mm. Pakistan to the Netherlands. So that's one. Uh, and it's, it's the story of find, finding your might, finding that power, finding that voice within you, you know, to move forward. The second book is specifically for children, educators, and parents that have smaller children around, let's say, from the age of seven. And it's called I Can Find My Might because I wrote it coming from the angle of the children when I do school, school assemblies. So it's partly uh, my life story, partly what I've read in the news about terrible suicides of mm. children, and then the the entire second part is about bullying. Uh, if you are too pretty, you're bullied. If yes. you're Hispanic, you're bullied. If you're um, a, a young boy that that is called gay is bullied. Yes. And so all the prevalent, I took the most prevalent things and I put them in that book, I Can Find My Might. My uh, third book is Watch Your Delivery. And it says on the cover, it's unfiltered, uncensored, and unacceptable the way we communicate with mm. one another. 
And you have everything in there. It's from opinions versus judgments, body language, tone, action, reaction. And it's all about how we think the other one is out to get us. But they're not. Right. They're really not. No. They're just not understanding what we're saying. Exactly. And they're only getting their perception of what we're saying. And then people don't understand that uh, confusion happens. So that's that book. And I use the third book a lot in my speaking gigs because it's just so much fun. <laughs> right, exactly. And covers a lot <laughs> of ground lot. there. Yeah. Now yeah, you also write for the um, Huffington Post and... Uh, the New York Daily News, so you really do get, yep. you know, get your word out there, which is great. And um, and I know you've been on numerous other shows. I love writing. Shows. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I love writing. It's just such a way to communicate with humor. And, and, and it's also a way to get a really tough subject in there, you know, and, and bring it to light to someone in a, in a way that they can understand, in a way that they can be inspired. And I think what's uh, very, very important about writing, whether you're writing for something or so, for someone, is even writing for yourself. You know, some people, it's the daily journal, but sometimes just write, just take the pen to paper or, you know, fingers to keyboard and let it out. Then read it and you'll be so surprised of what you've written and what your writing is trying to tell you that your thoughts kept getting in the way and wouldn't allow you to see. So writing is so incredibly therapeutic and helps you understand who you are and the way you think. So it's very, very important to write, isn't it? It is. And and I like that you mentioned pen to paper and keyboard. I write all my books handwritten. Mm. I, 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 I'm still old-fashioned. I love to hear the ink of the pen glide over the paper. Right. I just can't do it on the keyboard. The keyboard doesn't have... Maybe it's also because I didn't grow up with a keyboard, right? It doesn't have that... That Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't have a special meaning to me. And I think paper is still really very Yes, special. and I, I agree with you, but it was the opposite for me. When I got a computer, that's when I found my written voice because I am dyslectic. And so I used to be so frustrated when I wrote... Um, because things would be in the wrong place. And, of course, now with cut and paste, you can rearrange things. And, uh, you know, I found that then I really actually found my voice then. So um, I do agree, pen to paper is really, really important, and I encourage people to do that. But if that is not your forte, I don't care how you write. If it's lipstick to mirror, just write. (laughs) 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 Though that might get rather expensive. We could write with the lipstick on the mirror a little positive note. Yeah. I'm flawed and I'm a good person. Exactly. How about that? Exactly. And the because other thing. We're too hard on ourselves. Oh, my goodness, are we? We really are. Yeah. The we other very, very important thing is, is um, to write, but also, folks, to read. Um, just reading somebody else's blog or reading something in, you know, in the Huffington Post or the Daily News, reading these things becomes something that becomes connective to you. Oh, I didn't know that. I feel that way too. Oh, that's given me a different perspective. It's an education. It's a way of enlightening you. Like these podcasts, you know, listen to the shows. This is somebody else's wisdom in this orchard of wisdom just fruits ready to be picked and you'll be surprised of how much it feeds you but we have to be willing again to participate read listen learn converse 
then act. I'm, I'm, I, I love that. I'm going to give you an example just of the New York Daily News. Um, you know, there was a, you know, that everyone talks about ISIS and terrorism all the time. And there was, um, I, I wrote an article about this young man in Belgium who had joined ISIS and now was out of it. And, and the article, and that's why I'm mentioning it, we do learn wisdom because the article that I wrote is obviously not a, on terrorism, but I asked the question how different it was for my mother to be Catholic and to go to church every day or to join everything the church did out of loneliness and the young man that joined ISIS out of loneliness. Yeah, trying to find so something to the, connect to. That, yeah. yeah, I made that correlation. And just like you say, if we don't read things of other people, we don't see their perspective and we don't see these correlations because I've had many people say, wow, that was interesting. I, I never even thought of that. Exactly. You know, a terror is a terror. But I said, but how do we get to the terror first? If we're not born a terrorist. Right, exactly. We're born a human being. Yeah. How do we get to that incredible loneliness that... We need that desperate measure of belonging, so much so that we'll do anything. Yeah. And, and that's the question we need to ask. Yeah. And then, of course, they prey on people that are lonely and yes. desperate. And so, you know, we, we, we need to look at all of those angles before we make opinions, before we make the judgments. Well, you know, arrogance and I, ignorance is an I, assumption, right? You know, and if, yeah. oh. if you assume and you judge on your assumption without uh, without the knowledge and the baseline of where that came from, you know, that is arrogance and that is ignorance and it can be very, very detrimental. Absolutely. And everyone has a story. Yes. Everyone has gone through pain. Yours is not better or worse than someone else. We just all have had it. That's why I believe kindness is so prevalent. Yeah. Because... We know what it's like to be that recipient. So go out there and turn that pain into something positive and help someone else or prevent someone else from going through that pain if that's your key or whatever your passion is. Take that little grain, like you said, take the ripple effects yeah. and throw that first stone and then watch the magic Yes, for everyone. Yes. You know, we are much better society when we come together uh, in celebration of each other, not in judgment of each other. Um, we're, we're a better village. We're a better community. We're a much better world when we do this. And we've got to understand that the globe has got smaller and we're far more integrated now. And we've got to stop, you know, this is my country or I'm black, white, pink, yellow, polka dot. Who cares? First and foremost, we are global citizens and this world needs to be protected from us because we're the worst scourge on, on this planet. But we also are the best when we decide to step into that. And so we step into love and kindness and consideration and respect and caring for one another. We really are going to see um, our true paradise. You know, heaven and hell isn't somewhere you go, folks. Heaven and hell is what you make out of your life while here. Amen. <laughs> I didn't know what to answer, but honestly, amen. It, 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 it's all up to you. You can blame the whole world, but you know what? You have to point the finger at yourself first. Yes, 
take responsibility. Right? So you made yep. even not making a choice is making a choice. Yep. Right? And even staying quiet and silent is a choice. Yes. By the way. Yeah. That that yeah. that's kind of a pet peeve of mine because I think our silence is complicity. Yes. So oh, so agree. So agree. Yeah. We clearly have a lot more to talk about, and I'm got to have you back <laughs> on the air again, most certainly. And uh, um, there's actually somebody that I that I interviewed who was. Um, um, I can't remember if she was out of Africa, but she was a black girl adopted by a German family and then growing up in okay. Germany and then coming to America and how life was so different. So she was never brought up black in a white family, but all of a sudden when she gets to America, she's black, you know, and, and the whole difference. Yep. And so I'd love to have the two of you on together and sharing your, you know, your adoption and how that has changed life as well. So um, I'm, I'd love to have you back on again, not just on kindness, but on everything else. So um, this Absolutely. has been a, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. I'm going to give everybody Thank the spelling you. of your name. So it's triple w dot g a b r i e l l a dot global. Please go to her site. Please join up with the worldkindnessmovement.org. It's very, very important. Um, if you don't know where to start, you don't know how to be kind, get the incentive by other people and what they're doing. Step out there and try smiling at somebody. Try, you know, helping somebody with something. Those acts of kindness mean so much to the person you're giving the kindness to. But my God, what it means to you. As I said, if that's your drug of choice, please be addicted so thank you so much for being <laughs> what what che- what christmas cheer do you have for people uh, to close out the show with love for me don't think of the gift that think of what you can give that is intangible mm-hmm. that is a merry christmas for yourself and for others right yes it's uh, it's not in the gift it's in the giving isn't it it's absolutely in the giving. Yeah. And the moment you do it, you know it. Your whole being knows it. Yeah. And what a difference that we can make. And we are yeah. the difference that we seek, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so long may kindness reign, folks. Thank you so much, Gabriella, and, and for everything that you're doing with the World Kindness Movement and, and everything. You know, it's really kind of quite silly that we have to tell people about kindness and promote kindness and get kindness incited in us it's something that we should know better and it's something we need to step back into so forget about yesterday look at today what you can do who you can be and what random act of kindness that you can do for others uh, and let that be your momentum for every day of your life so thank you Gabriella thank you so much for having me absolute delight and to everyone else remember you are the answer that we seek so step into kindness and let's change this world until next time folks bye for now